Hello, everybody, and welcome to B Squared C, a podcast celebrating the stories of women of color in the corporate world. I am your host, Nancy, and I hope everyone is safe and sane wherever you're listening to this one. So this month, we had our first guest on the podcast who is native to the Netherlands. Odilia Jo is Surinamese by birth, Suriname being a Dutch colony for my listeners who may not know this, and she was, however, raised here in the Netherlands. We talked about a lot of different things, um, including how she got into the work she is in, but particularly what struck me was her experiences growing up being black in the Netherlands. In particular, concerning what happens in the education system. In the case of Odelia, she was a very smart kid who happened to get into a lot of fights. Um, this fights, though, were over racist comments thrown at her by her classmates. Now, instead of addressing this uh, broadly with uh, everyone in the class, her teachers, in turn, actually just claimed that she had behavior problems. This act of uh, torn policing black girls from this age follows black women all the way to adulthood in a phenomenon we all know as the angry black woman stereotype. In this episode today, we are going to reflect uh, on this topic. We're going to unpack the angry black woman stereotype. Um, What does it mean? Where did it come from? And I will share some of my experiences with it as well. And we will talk about what companies can do to create psychological safety for all marginalized groups. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it from. And be that amazing friend and colleague who shares good things with the people in your life. They will love you for it. I promise. Now, let's get into this reflection. So, here's how we're going to navigate this conversation. We will start with some definitions, then we'll get into the details of the phenomenon of the angry black woman, really unpacking it from its history and how it actually manifests in our everyday life now. I would then share my own experiences with this and we can talk a bit uh, in the end about the corporate world and some of the ways companies can combat um, this issue. A reminder that I will be using a lot of data and statistics from America because, as you may well know by now, um, across the world, this is the part of the world where race is studied perhaps the most um, uh, of anywhere else. But make no mistake that this is a global experience for black girls and women, particularly in white-dominated environments. So keep that in mind. Okay, so let's get into those definitions. What is torn policing? Torn policing is the action or practice of criticizing the angry or emotional manner in which a person has expressed a point of view rather than addressing the substance of the point itself. When people turn police, they derail a discussion or argument by focusing on the emotional delivery and tone of a message rather than the content of a message itself. 
How does this often play out? Well, it plays out as being told to calm down or make your tone more palatable when making a point. Ask any woman you know, they likely have experienced this in their professional or personal lives because societally, women are the ones who carry the label of being emotional as a kind of a social label construct. So as women, we learn to treat our emotions um, as a weakness and moderate them in conversations so as to be taken seriously, for instance. Now, when it comes to black women, the phenomenon goes deeper than this. As you well know, as black women, our identity is at the intersection of the beloved streets of racism and misogyny. And the torn policing of black women manifests as the angry black woman stereotype. So what is the angry black woman stereotype? The angry black woman stereotype is a racist trope that portrays black women as sassy, ill-mannered, and ill-tempered by nature. It has its roots in um, 19th, 19th century America when minstrel shows, which involved comic skits and variety acts mocking African-Americans, became very, very popular. So you would, for instance, see this white men would dress up in a fat suit and be yelling uh, and, and paint themselves black and they'd be yelling on stage and, and all that there. And yeah, um, that's where that comes from. I will add an article in the show notes for you to explore this further. Now, as mentioned in the introduction, the angry black woman um, trap follows, follows black women throughout our lives um, ever since we were young. Odelia Jo and I discussed her childhood years where she was marked for behavioral problems amongst her white classmates. Now, the reasons for her uh, behavior problems was, well, we talked about it. She was getting into fights over racial comments from her classmates and therefore labeled as aggressive. Now, we know that that's one part of the phenomenon, but also when black kids are just being normal kids, for instance, being hyper or something, they are treated much differently um, than white kids. We can talk about the case of Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old who was shot dead over playing with a toy gun because he was perceived as a threat. It would be probably entirely different if that was a white kid playing with a toy gun. Now, bringing this back to Black Girls, one of my favorite books to that date, Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall, talks about, um, has several pages talking about the policing of, uh, of, of Black girls, um, from torn policing to, to dressing and how it played out for her. So highly encourage folks to look out for that book for a perspective on this issue. In 2020, New York Times um, had an analysis of the most recent discipline data from the American Education Department, and they found that black girls are over five times more likely than white girls to be suspended at least once from school. 
black girls are seven times more likely to receive multiple out-of-school suspensions than white girls and black girls are three times more likely to receive referrals to law enforcement. Again, a reminder that I use American statistics because it is the part of the world where this phenomenon is most studied, but the experience is global. So black women learn so young to censor themselves. And um, we talked about code switching some time back on this podcast. That's the root of some of um, these types of survival tactics, especially when you when we are in um, white majority uh, environments in this case. So it persists into adulthood. Every black woman you know has probably experienced this stereotype in some ways. In her book, Becoming, Michelle Obama talks about battling the stereotype on the campaign trail and throughout her term as first lady. Fox News would just like never let her have a good day. Maybe a more or an equally famous example is um, uh, the greatest tennis player of all time, Serena Williams, who went viral for... Um, getting upset in the heat of a match and breaking her racket. And uh, she received, you know, uh, a penalty for that in a U.S. Open final game. And afterwards, all of the media went after her, calling her, calling her the angry black woman in many um, different ways. And why is this so clearly an act of prejudice? Well, it is because... The exact same expression of anger when it comes from a different group in society, especially white men, it is treated in a much different way. In the case of Serena Williams, a lot of her male counterparts have reacted in even worse ways in the heat of her game. But the headline on those stories, well, it talks about their passion um, rather than their anger. And let's not forget America had for four years one of the angriest white men you could ever imagine to lead a country. I mean, every day it was something insane um, with him, but his expressions of anger were treated as um, endearing and a sign of leadership. You would never see that if a person of color had acted that way. The last example that you can uh, wrap your head around of how this always plays out differently is how differently white people are treated versus black people when protesting. We saw this play out in uh, last year with the Black Lives Matter protests, which admittedly had become much more uh, mixed in nature, um, you know, in this last year. But you will always hear black people being treated as rioters and criminalized. But um, white people, when, when white men marched in Charlottesville um, and, you know, ra with racist, like basically racist chants and everything, it was like they're protesting. They're protesting their freedoms. It's okay. So, so many times the anger of white men in particular as a majority group often in power, is treated with impunity and justified as opposed to, if at all, a person of color expressed the same emotions. 
Let's bring this back to the angry black woman stereotype. If you remember, the definition again is the portrayal of black women as sassy, ill-mannered, and ill-tempered by nature. This last part, by nature, is what really gets me. You see, the stereotype implies that somehow black women are born angry and we just wake up every day and choose to be angry at the world. If you have not listened to our wonderful guest uh, this month, Odelia Joe, this is the moment to stop and go and have a listen to her story. I mean, it is way more nugget than just about race. But what inspired me to do this reflection, as mentioned in the introduction, was experiences in school where her teacher said she had behavior problems. This is because she would get into lots of fights over racial comments that her classmates would make at her. Now, when you actually break down the situation, you see that Odilia's supposed behavioral problems were not just natural. They were triggered by the environment. In response to being called an angry black woman, one of my favorite writers, Chimamanda Adichie, said, of course I am angry. In fact, we should all be angry. We live in an unfair world, And James Baldwin said to be black and conscious is to be in a constant state of rage. For black women in particular, holding a double minority status of being a woman and black and living at the intersection of misogyny and racism makes us particularly vulnerable to prejudice. So this is the first point I want you to all, um, I want all of us to understand and embrace whatever you think black women are upset about, we actually have every right to be angry. And if you find yourself at all leaning into this um, stereotype or this prejudice, look around your environment for the reasons why, not at us. But most of all, emotions are normal and a part of everyday life, and we should all have space to express them. In this particular topic of emotions, we also do men a disservice on on it by raising them with um, toxic masculinity standards where they grow up being told men do not cry. It is incredibly harmful to bottle up your emotions and everyone, including black women, and men um, should be able to express a full range of emotions. So how about we normalize that? Now, so what are my experiences with uh, tone policing and the angry black woman stereotype? Well, I am passionate and loud, literary and by personality. I laugh from the bottom of my belly. I have lots of opinions on everything and I wear lots of bright colors and very bold necklaces. I'm also rather tall, 5'7", or uh, 172 centimeters. So I have the physical stature to match. I am the kind of person whose energy engulfs a room um, whenever I walk into it. And honestly, the open office plan is not made for me. I have been advised to turn myself down um, so many times in many different ways, especially in the professional setting. My experiences range from being told to find a room for my meeting in the open office area because I'm too loud, to 
having aggressive as a comment in my performance review early on in my career. I also have job interviews that I completely know that I slayed, but was not hired because I was not a cultural fit. I have, however, chosen my fight in the corporate world to be about creating space for people like me and our talent and ambitions and our whole being. And that is why this platform B squared C is so important. My ambition with it is to see black women find the inspiration and energy to flourish in our full black girl magic, um, wherever it is that we are existing. Okay, let's finish off with talking about how we all can um, combat tone policing in our environments and prevent, you know, stereotypes such as the angry black woman stereotype from um, perpetuating in our environments. I found a great Business Insider article that had some really great suggestions that I'm going to share with you just now, but you can also read about it in the show notes. So the first thing is about raising awareness of this issue. We should all acknowledge that this issue exists. And at the company level, diversity trainings that are going out should include discussions about tone policing and microaggressions in order to increase awareness. Management should understand what tone policing is and understand what some indicators of it is and how it's actually impacting how people show up um, on their teams, uh, particularly people who are in the minority. The second thing, which is a principle that we can all um, actually embrace is don't invalidate emotions. Regardless of whether you agree with someone or not, their feelings and their opinions are valid and we should refrain from misconstruing them as otherwise. So when you are in a moment of perhaps too quickly leaning onto the angry black woman stereotype or to taunt police any person, instead of questioning the other person's stance because it is accompanied by emotion, rather reevaluate why you feel the need to denigrate their feelings. Think about whether you're using the tactic of tone policing to divert from your own uncomfortability and from having a real conversation. Okay, last but not least, and this is one that I've already talked about, let's normalize the expression of anger and all emotions for black women, for men, for everyone. As a society, we need to accept and normalize that people feel and express these emotions in different ways, and we should allow space for that. Okay, that's all I have for you on the topic of tone policing and the angry black woman stereotype. That's it from me this week. Thanks to my wonderful November guest, Odilia, for inspiring this reflection that I shared with you today. I would love to hear your thoughts on uh, this episode. Come over to the Biscuit C Instagram and LinkedIn page um, and let me know what resonated with you. If you like what you heard, go ahead and give this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to it from. And don't forget to share it with your network. Lastly, you can also make a small donation to help keep this podcast going. You can buy me a coffee with the link in the show notes. 
Until then, I am your host, Nancy. Be safe, be empowered, and stay inspired.